0: Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Welcome to the kickoff episode of HR in 15. My name is Eric Fudom Chief Operating Officer at Prestige PEO, and I am honored to be your host today. The highly transmissible novel coronavirus or COVID-19 quickly brought society to a halt in a way few could have anticipated. Even the most thorough crisis and disaster plans haven't been enough fully to prepare businesses for the unprecedented changes brought on by COVID-19. And now it's really a matter of coming together as a community to figure out the best way forward. As the fog begins to clear and governments put forth measures to gradually reopen businesses, Employers are preparing for their employees to return to the workplace, but what does that mean in a world impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic? What legal and regulatory requirements must employers consider before reopening? Today, we're enjoy- we're joined by Groom Law Group principal Malcolm Slay to discuss some of the most pressing legal issues small businesses face as they get ready to reopen and resume operations in the workplace. Some background for our listeners before we get started. Prestige PEO is a professional employer organization or commonly referred to as a PEO. A PEO serves as a partner to our clients to handle human resources needs, including legal and regulatory compliance. In light of COVID-19, we've been receiving a lot of questions from small and medium-sized businesses about which new laws or regulations they need to be aware of as they prepare to reopen their workplaces. We're happy to welcome Malcolm Slee, principal at Groom Law Group to help guide our clients on some of these issues today. Welcome, Ma- uh, Malcolm. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right, Eric. Thanks for having me. How,
0: how have you been coping uh, with the pandemic? How's everything been with with, with your business?
1: Well, you know, there, are, there have been good days and there have been bad days, you know, um, it's, I'm I'm thankful uh, I've stayed healthy, members of my family have stayed healthy. So, you know, that is definitely the most important thing. Uh, I'm not gonna pretend there haven't been some challenges. Um, Happens to be the uh, last week of school for my kids. Let's just say that we have all been looking forward to that. Um, But, you know, we're we're moving forward and sort of dealing with the uh, new reality that we all were thrust into a couple of months ago.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we all feel that that same effect and it's uh, it's it's different, that's for sure. Okay, so I think it's important that we give the audience a quick recap of the facts. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sounds great. Right. With the pandemic being declared as of March 11th, what, what do we know about COVID-19 so far and also what don't we know?
1: Yeah, well, Again, there there's so much we don't know. I mean what we do know is that we're dealing with a highly transmissible, novel coronavirus, um unlike any really that any of us have seen in our lifetime. Uh thankfully it appears that most individuals who contract the virus do appear to recover without long term consequences, but unfortunately, as we now know, um many who, who contract the death uh you know uh contract the disease end up, you know, Passing away or uh, having negative long term effects, um, which is extremely concerning. Um, there's so much about the virus itself we don't know. You know, every day we, we pick up the newspaper, we read new things, and certainly there, there are scientists all over the world trying to understand it better. But right now, we don't really know whether um, antibodies indicates permanent immunity from the virus a, or, you know, long lasting immunity. Um, we're still, I think, trying to understand the seasonal effects. Um, I think a lot of people are hopeful now that we're in June that as we get into the summer. That there will be re- reduced transmission as the weather you know, continues to warm up. Um, but you also hear about the concerns that we might have a 2nd wave in the autumn of 2020 when the weather cools down again. And of course, a huge question is when, and if a vaccine will be available for public use, um, we, we recognize, you know, there, there are limitations in terms of how quickly. Something like that can become effective and maybe a couple of years. Um, we certainly hope that it can happen as, as soon as possible. Uh, but for employers, you know, there's so many unanswered questions also about, you know, the coronavirus and how it will impact. Your business going forward Um, liability concerns, uh, you know, the viability of certain businesses going forward. Really entering into a period of uh, where there's just an enormous amount that is not known.
0: I would agree wholeheartedly. I think it's very important that um, for most people, we we get a vaccine as soon as possible. I think that's where um, we can really start to um, kind of getting out of that new normal if I may um how, what kind of timeline should should businesses keep in mind um as they reopen at this point
1: yeah well again there's so much uncertainty and part of the problem i think is we've we've never lived through anything like this before um like other crises where we we had some experience to draw upon or or institutional memory that we could utilize we're we're all sort of trying to figure this out in Real time, um, and so, in terms of timeline, I, I think we, the answer to that is, we really don't know and it's really tied to that uncertainty. Um, I think it's going to be very specific to your locality, because as we've seen, for whatever reason, uh, COVID-19 has hit certain areas of the country much much harder than other areas. Uh, those hotspots seem to be shifting on, on really a daily or weekly basis. Um, if you happen to live in one of those hot spots, it may take more time to reopen, or perhaps your jurisdiction might begin to reopen and then you could be hit by a resurgence of the virus. So, what we're seeing nationally is in most areas, state and local governments are adopting phased reopening plans. Uh, they're reopening slowly on an incremental basis and easing restrictions for different types of businesses at different times. Um, so, again, you know, we really kind of have to play it by ear uh, and it's probably unrealistic to think we're going to get everything right right now when the answers are, are not entirely clear. But I think. With regard to the the timeline, generally, we're all going to have to be flexible.
0: It's a very tough question to answer because of uh, the, the, the different states. And their different reopening plans. To your to your point, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, very frustrating. I would I would think to uh, business owners in general. Um, yeah. I'd like to review some workplace safety standards um, from different governing bodies. Um, the first uh, governing body I wanted to talk about was OSHA. Can you just elaborate on certain standards that that might be in place or will be in place?
1: Sure. Yeah. So. OSHA has generally taken somewhat of a hands off approach during the pandemic. Um, They haven't come out with a virus specific rule. They've instead uh, opted to take the approach of recommending that employers take certain steps, which are outlined in industry specific guidance memos and alerts. there is also a, a general duty rule that applies under OSHA. This is kind of a blanket rule that applies to all businesses in all situations, and it requires employers to provide workplaces that are uh, free of known and serious hazards that could feasibly be mitigated. Um, so that that's always going to apply, and it, it certainly applies in the COVID-19 context as well. But OSHA's philosophy generally has seemed to be that they don't they didn't want to burden businesses with a whole New set of safety rules when those businesses were already under a great deal of stress uh, due to the economic impact of the pandemic, so I think that general duty standard really seems to be the one that controls with regard to OSHA. Um, there are you know Democrats in Congress labor unions that are pressuring OSHA to come out with more than what they've done currently um, they're advocating for an emergency rule there's there's been you know some criticism of OSHA for. Lack of enforcement. So, it's something to keep an eye on. I think, you know, if, as we move towards return to work, uh, the result is that we end up with a spike of COVID 19 cases. You might see OSHA come under more pressure to do something.
0: Are there any particular. Things that um, businesses should do, though, regarding the OSHA compliance at this point, or. Is it just general, very general? This, you know, as we speak.
1: Yeah, well, I would encourage any business to go on OSHA's website at a minimum. Um, they do have a booklet published there called "Guidance on Preparing Workplaces for COVID-19." It is definitely worth checking out. Uh, they talk about categorizing different job tasks into four different risk categories: uh, very high, high, medium, and lower. Very high and high tend to be industries where um, employees are going to be working directly with individuals who actually have COVID-19. So that's going to be, you know, generally hospitals, healthcare facilities. Um, medium risk job tasks might be, you know, uh, restaurants or retail establishments where uh, individuals might come into contact with people who have COVID-19, but there's no, you know, real knowledge of whether or not. Uh, folks have COVID 19 and then the, the lower, um, risk. Jobs would be, you know, sort of standard uh, office jobs where you're not really interacting with anyone other than your coworkers. Um, The OSHA guidance suggests that uh, personal protective. Um, equipment might be appropriate for employees in those higher risk categories. Um, and another thing, you know, I think it's important for businesses to keep in mind uh, is, is not just the federal OSHA guidance, but um, there are also uh, certain states have OSHA approved state plans. Um, state plans are required to have standards and enforcement programs that are at least effective as OSHAs and may have more stringent requirements. So you need to check at whether or not your business is operating in one of those states that has one of those state plans they may have more uh, specific requirements with regard to COVID-19. Yeah,
0: that that I think is very key in terms of state-by-state state, um, specific guidance. Um, moving on to any particular CDC guidelines that are um, prevalent that small to medium-sized businesses should be aware of.
1: Yeah, so the CDC isn't going to you know take any enforcement action against uh, businesses but they do have a lot of great materials on their website that I think is are potentially very helpful for businesses. Um, some of them are business specific, some of them are more general. Uh, but it is, I think, really helpful for businesses. Um, again, you know, this is all completely new to everyone. There's there's no you know playbook in terms of how to deal with this type of situation. Uh, the CDC guidelines, you know, offer some I think really helpful practical advice. About ways to, you know, minimize the potential of transmission in the workplace, making sure that you are uh, maintaining a, a safe work environment by, you know, keeping the workplace clean and observing social distancing. Um, so that's something I think it, it's worthwhile for businesses to check out as well.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. Um, shifting over to legislative um, updates, what what should we expect? on the legislative front moving forward?
1: Yeah, so um, the House uh, passed a, another version of um, COVID-19 stimulus uh, just a, a week or two ago called the HEROES Act. Um, that got through you know, the House, which is controlled by the, the Democrats. Um, the Republicans have generally uh, been a little more reluctant to move forward with another stimulus bill. Um, so they've expressed some concerns about the the costs of the prior stimulus bills that passed. Uh, so lawmakers right now are, are sort of at loggerheads about whether they're going to um, pass another round of legislation. There Probably won't be much progress for at least a few weeks. Democrats main focus is uh, additional funds to, to bolster state and local governments, which have been hard hit um, by the added expenses and the lost tax revenue due to the pandemic. Uh, state budget shortfalls are, are, you know, now estimated to be something like over 700 billion dollars over the, the next 3 years. Um, it seems like the big issue for Republicans is um, business liability protection. Um, they are very concerned about that. Uh, there has been concerned about the additional federal unemployment benefits that were created in the, the last round of stimulus, the cares act. Uh, the, the additional 600 dollars per week. Um, and I think. You know, if if folks read about the surprisingly favorable. Jobs report last week that that impacts the dynamic here as well. Um, I think some people think with the jobs numbers. Being better than expected, there's less urgency to get another stimulus package finalized. Um, but I do think it's, um, probably more likely than not that Congress will pass something probably either next month or in August. At this point, uh, it's very difficult to predict exactly what provisions will be in that bill.
0: Right, that makes a lot of sense. And then one quick question um, on that federal unemployment balance of 600, or maximum, I should say, of 600 per week. When does that currently go through?
1: Yeah, so that um, unemployment boost is set to expire on July 31st. So um, if Congress is gonna wanna do anything, they're gonna have to do something before then. Okay, wow, that's coming up fast.
0: Was there any anything else that you that you think our listeners should know about the landscape in Washington right now?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, again, I think the most important thing is to just kind of keep your eyes and ears open, um, and that's where you know I think it's really helpful for small businesses uh, that that partner with a PEO like Prestige. I mean, you guys provide a great resource because you really are kind of the A way of getting the most up to date information to businesses that they wouldn't ordinarily have access to. Um, So, I would encourage people, you know, again, to just kind of. You know, be aware of what's out there and definitely um, keep in touch with your, your contacts at prestige, because they will be able to get you the most up to date information.
0: On that note, Malcolm, thank you so much. You've uh, shared an amazing amount of information for our listeners to digest. Um, we hope you enjoyed today's conversation and found it informative. We hope you'll tune in to our next podcast of HR 15. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.